We've got a new DT1, a new LB1, and a safety that also plays on offense. It's the most underrated prospects in the 2024 class on today's Renner Ranks. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to today's episode of Renner Ranks, your go-to daily rankings podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special shout out to those everydayers out there. Do not forget, like, subscribe, follow, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts helps a lot. I, of course, am your host, Mike Renner, NFL Draft Analyst over at The Messenger. Today's podcast is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL. And use code all or case locked on NFL for a first pause match of up to $100. All right. Underrated prospects. Go to the messenger.com uh, on Wednesday is when the top hundred is finally coming out. Went through all that over the weekend, check some boxes on some prospects, reevaluated some tapes, see guys who were, you know, risers who have maybe performed better throughout the season. And I came up with a list of eight guys that I think are underrated in the national conversation right now in terms of how they are viewed as prospects. I feel like they should be viewed in a higher light. So maybe you agree, maybe you don't, but we're going to get to those eight guys right now. The first one, and we're not going to take long on this one because we already broke down the quarterback class, but I still have to go to bat for Bo Nix, the Oregon quarterback. He is seventh on my top 100 right now behind that top six that I've talked about so much, which are the two other QBs, Marvin Harrison Jr., Olu Fashanu, Malik Neighbors, and Joe Alt. So two tackles, two wide receivers, and then I have Bo Nix. I think if you go back to the 2022 class when Trayvon Walker went number one overall, and now obviously the Jaguars uh, had the number one pick in that draft, weren't going to draft a quarterback. But – in that draft class, I would have picked him number one overall because there was no surefire stud. Now, Aiden Hutchinson was great. I think he would have been in the conversation. But if you needed a quarterback, I would have gone Bo Nix over anyone else in that draft class. Now, obviously, this is a stronger draft class, a lot better prospects at the top of this draft class. That's why he falls all the way seventh. But that's how high I think of him as a quarterback prospect. I would love to see him at the Senior Bowl. I really hope that he goes down there in Mobile and plays for at least a little bit, right? Because everyone's going to be asking questions about that Oregon offense. Was it the Oregon offense? The Oregon offense was, you know, he ran, I think, almost 100 screenplays last year. His average depth of target was like half of some of the quarterbacks in college football. He was not doing a lot of the same things you're going to be asked to do in the NFL. Now, Justin Herbert, now obviously wasn't the same offense quarterback back then, but Justin Herbert has some of the similar concerns. Goes to the Senior Bowl. Looks good in, you know, quote unquote, NFL sort of offense. I think Bo Nix would really help himself out if he did so. And I think he'd look good in it. So hope he does that. We'll, we shall see. In a loaded quarterback class, I really think he could separate himself if he did so. We were to have Joe Milton, Tennessee quarterback committed to go there. We were to have Spencer Rattler, South Carolina quarterback committed to go there. And we already have the two-lane quarterback, Michael Pratt, as well. So those three are committed. Could really, I think Bo Nix, if he went down there, would be far better than any of those guys. So we shall see if he does, but I do still think he's getting underrated in the quarterback conversation. Next guy on this list, Texas wide receiver, Adonai Mitchell junior. If you don't know who he is, junior Texas wide receiver spent his first two years at Georgia 
has actually in every single playoff game Georgia has played in the last two years, he scored a touchdown. So you probably are familiar with him, even if you maybe have forgotten about him, didn't follow Texas that closely this year. He's six foot four, 195 pounds, and the movement skills are, are just I have him as the 18th overall prospect, wide receiver three in this draft class. And now maybe that's a little low for wide receiver three. I have him above guys like Romo Dunze, the Washington wide receiver, Keon Coleman, the Florida State wide receiver. And it's because of those movement skills, the suddenness, the flexibility in his lower half, every single cornerback that he's gone up against, he has made still look just silly at some point. He, he had Terry on Arnold fall flat on his back trying to press him at the line of scrimmage. He had Kool-Aid McKinstry in that same game, Alabama duo. He got them both big time. He had him at the, at the goal line, slant route, left him in the dust. I mean, he has some real just bounce to his game, massive catch radius at his size. This year, 51 catches, 813 yards, 10 touchdowns. And when I'm comparing him to, you know, there's three big wide receivers after those top two. So the top two for me, are quite easily Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors. So the Ohio State wide receiver, the LSU wide receiver. Those are the top two. I will be floored if that's not the top two on every single board that you see this spring. It just, that's how good those guys are. But then that next tier, which I obviously include Adonai Mitchell in, but most people have Keon Coleman, Florida State wide receiver, and Washington's Romo Dunze as kind of like that next tier of who's wide receiver three in this class. I think he is easily the most sudden out of his breaks of any of those guys. Like he has kind of just the most bounce. And, and now they all have that, like they're all good, but just flipping on Adonai Mitchell's tape, I, I think that acceleration you see on slants, on posts, on vertical routes, you know, he ran double moves better than anyone else in the country. And obviously that's not something you can completely rely on at the next level, but just makes it look so easy. And then, like I said, the ball skills has only dropped a few passes the last two seasons. Uh, he is just, I, I think he's a special prospect. I think that Texas offense has an embarrassment of riches is the only reason he's not more productive. Like I said, only the 813 yards, but it's also because I think Xavier Worthy is a potential first-round pick. I think Jatavion Sanders, the, their tight end there, is potentially the second tight end off the board in this class. And then obviously they are feeding Jonathan Brooks, the running back, all year long. And then Quinn Ewers goes down for a period of time in the passing games. Maybe not quite as high end, even though Mitchell produced in that time off. So I'm a big fan of his game. Uh, obviously, we're going to get to see him in the playoff. That's going to be massive for his evaluation going up against that Washington secondary, who's, you know, not great, but it'll put him on the biggest stage to see if he can show up once again. Because again, touchdown in all four of his playoff games. So I think he's getting underrated. I would draft that guy in the first round. Next guy in this list is another Texas player. And I mentioned off the top, there's a new DT1. And in my opinion, it is Byron Murphy, the Texas defensive tackle, third year player, six foot one, 308 pounds. I have him as the 24th player on the draft board. And to me, he is a Grady Jarrett clone. Such a similar game in that, you know, that size 6'1, 308, you're not, you're not necessarily everyone's cup of tea when you, a lot of defensive coordinators love length of the defensive tackle position. That's why great Jared fell to where he did, but then you flip on Murphy's tape and he plays with such good leverage at that size. He's so explosive and he's violent. The second half of this season, his tape second half of the season is the best I've seen any DT look 
And that's why I've met DT1. He's only a third-year player, only a junior. So compared to his teammate, Tavondre Sweat, who I now have as DT2, he's a fifth-year defensive tackle. Jerzon Newton, the Illinois defensive tackle, is a fourth-year guy. None of these guys looked as good as Murphy did their third year. And truly, like I love Jerzon Newton. I think he's good. He does not have the heft and the mass that Byron Murphy does. 308 at six foot one is a big dude. He is a handful for opposing guards, centers to try to just stop. You know, some of his best passers are just bull rushes. He easily walks guys back into the pocket. And I love the motor he plays with. Second half of the season, final six games, 24 pressures in those six games. And truthfully, last two games, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, he only played 20 snaps because they were blowing out uh, both of them. So, yeah, big fan. Byron Murphy's game. I, I would not be surprised if that guy ends up a first-rounder, truly. And, again, we'll get to see him in the playoffs. And against a good Washington offensive line, that will be a good test for him. Keep an eye on him if he goes off. Even, if, even at that size, I think he could be a first-rounder. All right, before we get to the next guy on this list, Today's podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. Did the game go to timeout? Time to order in with DoorDash. Is it halftime? That's ordering time. Two-minute warning. You got it. That's your cue to order in. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. I know I am partial to the hot chicken here in Nashville. Hattie B's, outstanding, always. That's usually a go-to of mine. Get 50% off, up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off, $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. All right, the next most underrated player on this list. So we had Bo Nix Morgan, the quarterback, Adonai Mitchell, the Texas wide receiver, Byron Murphy, the Texas defensive tackle, and now we have NC State linebacker Peyton Wilson. Guys have probably heard me talk about him on the linebacker episode. I moved him to linebacker one after watching a season's worth of tape. 32nd player on the draft board. And yes, he has an extensive injury history. Let's go through it real quick. Fall of 2017, senior year of high school, tears his ACL. June of 2018, right before his freshman year is about to start at NC State, tears that ACL again. 2020, bowl game that year, dislocates both shoulders. Week two, comes back next year, 2021, week two of that season, shoulder injury yet again, re-injures shoulder, misses that entire year. So that's right there, four pretty bad injuries. And two, I guess two bad injuries, two re-injuries, and then the last two seasons, though, complete bill of health. No issues whatsoever. And his tape this past year is unbelievable. It is truly high-end, first-round, top-20 sort of pick at the position, linebacker tape, if this guy were like a, you know, had a normal collegiate career. If he was a fourth-year senior. Like, it's better than Jack's, Jack Campbell's tape was a year ago. I'll just say that. He's a better athlete. He can fly sideline to sidelines. If he doesn't run, if he doesn't run sub four or five, I'll be floored. That's just the type of athlete we're dealing with. Plays with his hair on fire. An incredible tackler. Six missed tackles on 129 attempts all last season. 67 defensive stops, most in the power five. He can rush off the edge. He can play over the slot. He can play in space. Like this guy really has it all except a clean bill of health in his history, right? Like that's the only thing we're really doing here. And so at that 
when that's the case, I just feel so much better about him as a prospect than any of these other linebackers in this class, even though obviously his career could be taken from him at any moment with that injury history. It is scary, but it's not, it's not robbed him of any athleticism, right? He's, he doesn't look like he's hampering any ill effects from that. When you watch him on tape, gets off of blocks. There's really not much to his game that I'm worried about. So at that point, yeah, Peyton Wilson, LB1, will he go in the first round? TBD, obviously medical rechecks will be a massive thing with him, but that guy's tape is LB1 worthy. It just is. All right, next up on this list, I have Georgia cornerback Kamari Lassiter. Kind of gotten lost in this cornerback class. It's a deep one. Maybe not the elite talent that we've seen in some recent years, but I think the depth is outstanding in this corner class. And I have, after reviewing Laster's tape, moved him all the way up to 33rd and CB5 now on my draft board. That's behind Nate Wiggins of Clemson, Kool-Aid McKinstry of Alabama, Cooper DeGene of Iowa, and Terion Arnold of Alabama. But I love Kamari Laster's tape this year. So he's third-year player, six foot, 180, started... For the first time last year, I thought he made a massive leap in performance from last year to this year. This year, targeted 40 times per PFF, allowed 15 catches, only 160 yards all season. His acceleration and speed is top-notch. I think it's probably Nate Wiggins has the best pure juice of the corner position in this draft class, and I think Kamari Laster is probably second of – the top corners just in terms of like see it go get it he has that in this game and now six foot 180 might not sound big i mean it's not for a cornerback right but he's similar to devon witherspoon in that i never really saw it matt saw it matter it never showed up now he may not have the most physically imposing profile but I, a lot of his strengths in his lower half and he plays a physical brand of football and he's an outstanding tackler and at that point Again, that sounds a lot like Devon Wisman, right? Like there's not much then I'm worried about. So I love this tape this year. I think he deserves to be in that first round conversation. Now in this class, there's a lot of first round grades. There's going to be more first round grades I'm giving out than honestly, maybe even more than 2021 because 2021 was awesome at the very top, but then by the mid twenties, you would kind of dwindled this class. It's, it goes about 30 deep of guys. I mean, 33 right here. It goes a lot of guys who I really like in the possible first round range, which is rare. Now we get to the back end of the top hundred. I don't think it's anything special, but it's, there's going to be a lot of first round grades, first round picks in this draft class. I would not be surprised if there's a lot of impact players resulting from it. All right. To the final three guys. Now we've hit Bo Nix, Adonai Mitchell, Byron Murphy, Peyton Wilson, the NC state linebacker, Georgia cornerback Kamari Lassiter, who we just hit. And now, offensive tackle position, I have Dominic Puny as one of the most underrated prospects in this draft class. You may not have heard of him. He's the Kansas left tackle this past year. I have him as the 53rd player on my board, OT9, which again speaks to how deep this offensive tackle class is. But this is a guy to familiarize yourself with. Six-year player, spent four years at Central Missouri, transfers to Kansas in 2022 starts at left guard last year, kicks out to left tackle this year. And I could not be more impressed with this tape only allowed eight hurries all season long, zero sacks, zero hits. 
Very light on his feet for a guy who's 6'5", 320. I could see some teams seeing him as a guard. Doesn't have outstanding length. Doesn't have you know quite the ideal traits. But his foot quicks at that size, it doesn't look like he should be able to move as sort of fluidly as he does. He doesn't have the the body type like an Amarius Mims or a Tyron Smith. I mean, no one has a Tyron Smith body type. But he doesn't have what I would call the athlete build. You know, Troy Fautanu, the Washington off tackle, kind of has that athlete build where it's just like proportionally athletic. Not quite the case with Puny. You know, a quote-unquote bad body by offensive tackle standards. But he gets it done. And I love how quick his hands are. It's not only that he uses them well, but they also, when they get swatted away or when he doesn't engage cleanly, he is so quick to reset. And I don't think you can fake how good he was in pass pro this year. Now, his technique is still not like dialed in and polished by any means, which almost gives me reasons to be optimistic about like where he could go in his NFL future. But I'm a fan of this guy. I think he's a firm day two pick at worst um, based off of his tape. And, and truthfully, if he does go to the senior bowl, which he's accepted an invite to and balls out, I could see him going in sort of the, who's the Syracuse, Matthew Bergeron range. Matthew Bergeron goes right top second round. I could see him playing his way into that if he has a big week there. Now, again, that's, We'll find that out come end of January. Very excited to find that out. I did get my credential approved, so I will be there yet again. But Dominic Puny, a guy to keep an eye on if you are in need of offensive line help and you're looking more on day two than you are day one. All right, two more guys remaining on this. Next one up, Alabama wide receiver Jermaine Burton. Another Georgia transfer. Two Georgia transfers on this list. If you remember the name, he was there 2020, 2021, transfers to Alabama for the last two seasons. He actually was starting as a true freshman at Georgia back in 2020. 497 snaps that season. I thought he was like a good prospect after the last time, truly actually the last time I watched the tape was at Georgia. Because I thought going into last season, he was a guy who could play his way into maybe a top 75 pick. You know, if he came out as a true junior. Didn't have the year he wanted playing with Bryce Young. Returns back to school this year, and I was floored with the difference in his tape. Because, again, I didn't watch him last year because he didn't declare, and so I didn't even take the time to dig in an eval. But, my Lord, he looks faster than I remember. And now, obviously, you know, he grew, he grew up. Like, that's what happens at that age. You improve physically. But he got a lot faster. He's averaging 22.2 yards per catch this year. 35 catches. 777 yards, eight touchdowns. And what I loved about his Georgia tape were his ball skills. This guy attacks the football in the air so well. Now he's only six foot, 194. He's not your traditional ball winner at the next level. But in contested situations, he plays a lot bigger than that. Only four drops on 132 catch balls entire career. Will not drop easy ones. Will win at the catch point. Will be able to adjust off target passes, and that's rare to say for a deep threat for a guy with that kind of downfield production with that kind of speed. Now, I think he's at least in the mid to low four fours, if not faster, on tape. So, six foot 194 with that kind of speed and those kind of ball skills is a good combination. I have him 56th on my board, wide receiver nine. Again, that speaks to how good this wide receiver class is, he's all the way down at wide receiver nine. But Jermaine Burton really looks like a different player, really helped out his draft stock this year. And another guy that we'll be able to see in the playoff against Michigan and 
that strong cornerback unit that they have. Before we get to who, in my opinion, is probably the most intriguing prospect on this list. Today's podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play DFS is just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one fantasy sports app. Price Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Price Picks discounts to select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first buzz match of up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash NFL code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first buzz match of up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, the most intriguing and one of the most underrated prospects in this class. I said, if you watch the safety episode, that it wasn't a great safety class. I may have lied because there's a safety that I had not gotten to at that time who I think could be a stud at the next level. And it is Utah's Sion Vaki, who just declared, I believe last week, one of the first people actually to declare for this draft has only played two years of college football, this guy. So he was in the 2019 recruiting class for Utah. But as many you know, Mormon prospects do, he took a two-year Mormon mission. And so only came back to the program after being a 2019 class recruit in 2022, in that 2022 season. So his very first year of college football. By the end of the year, he's a starter at safety for this team. And then this past year, is not only starting on defense, this man is also playing offense at Utah and had 158 rushing yards against Cal and two touchdowns while playing 56 snaps on defense. 149 receiving yards against USC, including 64 snaps on defense, broke 20 tackles on 42 carries, which is an utterly absurd number. You watch his running back tape and... I'm not convinced he wouldn't be one of the better running backs in this draft class. The guy runs hard. It's like watching like Isaiah Pacheco out there with how unwilling he is to go down on contact. And obviously the broken tackle number suggests that. But his change of direction is awesome. He's unsurprisingly a violent tackler on the defensive side of the ball. He's six foot, 208 pounds. I have him as the 73rd player on my board. Safety six. He's still not like great in coverage. He's much more of an around the line of scrimmage player. He's Jamal Adams esque in that regard. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if someone wants him in the slot because he is nimble. He is explosive in short areas and can really, I mean, he could pass as a linebacker with how physical this guy is. And if you want to play him slot, like that'd be where that would fit in. But Oof, man, I, I I wish we could get more tape on him, right? Because of just how physically gifted this guy is, of just like the way he plays the game would have been great to see another year in college. But I, I still think he could be, like I said, a top 75 pick based off of what he did this past year. And obviously he probably got some good evals from someone if he's going to declare after only two years of college football. Because obviously the rule is related to your high school recruiting class. So he's 
obviously five years off of that. But man, I, I am excited to see how this guy tests if he does go to a senior bowl, shrine bowl, and just just what he looks like at the next level. And if he wants to play running back too, because I think he could, if his, uh, the man is a specimen. So one of the more underrated, one of the most underrated prospects in this draft class. There you have it. Sion Avaki, the Utah safety, Jermaine Burton, the Alabama wide receiver, Dominic Puny, Kansas offense staff with Kamari Lasser, the Georgia corner, Peyton Wilson, NC state linebacker, Byron Murphy, Texas DT, Adnai Mitchell, Texas wide receiver, and Bo Nix, the Oregon quarterback, I think deserves some more love. Now, we're going to do the flip side tomorrow. And I don't want to say overrated. Maybe I will say overrated. It'll probably do better clicks. I don't want to hate on these guys too much. I, I just have to do the flip side, though, out of a matter of fairness. So we're going to do the guys who, maybe we'll call them boomer bust guys. Guys who have high bust potential, let's say, on tomorrow's episode. Until then, though, you've been listening to Renner Ranks, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day.